It's episode 77 of the Improv London podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Moses, and this week's guest is Nick Hollingsworth. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm very well. I'm very well. We're sitting here in the Birmingham, perhaps not cold yet, but in the Birmingham chill. (laughs) We are... Uh, with our backs to a beautiful church. Yeah, yes. yes. I've carefully picked one of the least shit bits of Birmingham. I said I wouldn't swear, didn't I? <laughs> and the sun is coming over the horizon. It is. It's the, 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 I like the fact that it's the horizon and not just a brick building opposite. <laughs> well, I can't see because I'm blinded <laughs> by the sun. Uh, no, I, think I have to say, this is one of the most beautiful... It looks beautiful because you know I can't see anything. But I'm, yes, I'm blinded by the light. Off, yeah, <laughs> if actually that the um, yes Birmingham tourist office of Mister Call there, if, if <laughs> you couldn't see anything generally, um, yeah, we like to put our town down. Is is the thing that happens for us? Why is that? We're slightly ashamed. Why is that? Uh, why is that? Oh, do you really want to know on a podcast? I just okay. Want to know. Um, so uh, I think um, I think we're slightly bitter. <laughs> about uh, being the second city uh, and we're slightly jealous of London I'd say right. and then and then like Manchester goes oh we're the second city now they've sort of muscled us out <laughs> like, you know, get to the back and we secretly agree uh, so because they've they've got a good story going on and we're still sort of going oh we're a bit oh. yeah yeah so that's good, good start. Good uplifting start to any well, podcast. It's interesting. I've, I've noticed, yeah, I noticed that everybody on your podcast is constantly laughing. <laughs> and you're constantly laughing. And I reckon a trip to Birmingham, we can turn that about. <laughs> that was funnier. I was doing a silent laugh then. Yeah. I was like... Um, yeah. Well, so silent laugh. And, um, that's no help from an audience, is it? Especially no. If no, you're... no, no, no. Actually, this is sort of segued... So I've gone. I've gone DJ already. This is segue. That's a word I never ever use. Into um, a thing about Keith Johnson. So I did the Keith Johnson nine days um, intensive in London recently. How was that? And, and uh, what a nice place London is. And <laughs> it was really good. And uh, somebody's already said I think on the podcast he's a character. Yeah, Vic. And when he was on is there, a character. Yeah. And it was extraordinarily interesting. And not at all. What I think. I think somebody already said it's not at all what you think you're going to get. Hmm. And it took me a couple of days to work out what I was getting. What did you then, think you were going to get? And what did you um, get? I, I, let me cue that for Go one for second Go for and say silence. So one of the things that he was saying is, as an improviser, you are driven by the audience to laughter. You can hear it. Sometimes you can't even see the audience because of the lights, but you can hear them laughing, and so you head towards that. But you can't hear them shedding a tear. Uh, you can't hear when they all are quiet, but they're sitting right forward in the seat because yeah. they're invested in what's happening and it's not funny, but they care about it. You can't hear those things, um, but you need to drive towards those as well. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, what did I think I was going to get? Well, uh, I've been to a reasonable number of workshops from different people I thought I was going to get. Uh, here's something we do folks everybody get up I want three people and everybody rushes forwards yeah. and you do it and then the next three people do it and you do loads and loads of reps right? what we got was 75% talking of which uh, let's say uh, a third of that so 25% was reminiscences about the 60s 
and uh, <laughs> things that had happened to him. Uh, and the other two thirds, fifty percent of the time, are you impressed by the mental math? I am. <laughs> um, were uh, explanations of uh, what he thought about techniques, why he had created uh. them, and what the point of doing them was. And then the other twenty-five percent of the time, we actually got up and did the reps. So by about day two and a bit, I was thinking, I'm really disconcerted. I'm not getting up a lot. I'm not doing a lot of stuff. And then I had this moment of sort of realization. Well, and he sort of clarified it. He never explicitly said it, but he sort of clarified it. He's not expecting us to do the reps here with him in these nine right. days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's expecting us to go away to our groups and do it with them intensely, I yeah. think. And so he's trying to tell us what his theory is, why these things work, what he's trying to drive us towards. Uh, and uh, yeah, that was really interesting. And then the other thing was quite a lot of the things that we did when he gave reason to them, they're not the reason that um, that I thought they were. Oh, and right. now you're going to ask me for examples. Oh, yeah. And now we're going to run into the fact that I don't have a normal memory. <laughs> and, that, and, it, and like, however many listeners you've got, I'd like to think millions of people are all going to see it listening to this and go, Oh. <laughs> well, he was pretty good up until that point. Example. When he was talking about Birmingham being the second city, yeah. he was pretty amazing. But when it yeah. comes to actual examples... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll hurry past that. I'll come back. So I, my memory is really good. I, can, I remember loads of things. It's the recall that I struggle with. Right, yeah, it yeah. doesn't happen. It's fine. Names, no idea. Examples... I, makes, makes for a good show. Oh, well, I find, yes, I find that record, rec yeah, sometimes I can't even get recording out, but when you're recording a conversation, suddenly, uh, yeah, just, well, I couldn't even get the words then. And that wasn't even a real word. That wasn't even a proper name I was reaching for then. So yes. That it. happened on stage, didn't it? Several times yesterday, people got their words wrong and then oh, they celebrated it. But that was beautiful, mm. yeah. Uh, during Previously On, mm. uh, who I'd not seen before and who I, I enjoyed immensely, and uh, I don't know the name uh, of the uh, improviser that was playing Mama Betsy. Yes. Um, but she got her words, she got a word wrong. Oh, she said that some guy was the most prolific or something like that. Uh, and there she, was that, yes. She meant yes. to say that, I, can't, I, don't, I wasn't even I don't sure even what she meant what, to say. No, I didn't either. But the fact that she said he was the most prolific just took us into hilarious and interesting <laughs> avenues. Yes, they celebrated it. Yeah. And then she... For some reason, she actually couldn't pronounce quite a lot of words later in the show, and they were all coming out slightly weird. Yeah. So yeah. they celebrated that. Who was on? Who was on uh, next? Who Who was on last night? Was really good. Not Flix. <laughs> Not Flix. They were amazing. So they did the same thing, and I wasn't sure whether they actually were doing it because it had been on in the previous ah. show, or whether it just happened again. But yes, they stumbled over some words, celebrated them, yes. moved on. I think it's good. It's a good, healthy. A, there's nothing you can do. What are you supposed to do? The audience heard you do it. Yeah, you might as yeah, well yeah. register. And um, and B, it's a good healthy attitude. Oh yeah, no, celebrate your mistakes. Yeah. Use something. Use them for something. Yeah, exactly. And it is just it's just interesting. You know, you just you know, explore it a little bit, and it's you know usually a rich vein of comedy as well. Uh, so definitely. I haven't asked you when you're going to dub my accent in, and that's <laughs> probably quite important because. Uh, I, I, 
just it's really weird isn't it because everyone's got accents but i haven't <laughs> and um and i can hear it in my head i don't have an accent and then when anybody records me something weird happens like you've got an accent no i haven't oh, no no honestly really you listen to this later you'll find that there's a strong one there <laughs> i'll only i'll only hear that <laughs> accent when i listen to this in birmingham or outside of uh, london when i'm in uh, london i just think oh it's got a normal accent <laughs> also I've got a relation to Wolverhampton, mm. uh, so I easily I easily ah. slip into the Brummy intonation. Yes. I'm slightly trying to avoid it because okay. it sounds like I don't know least popular accent in the country. I love it. I genuinely yeah, feel I'm surrounded by warm, loving yes, people. I know. Even if I'm not, even if I don't know them, they might be horrible, but I just think they are because they speak in a nice way. Um, you you know this is. This is an apocryphal story. I believe it's true, but I've got no evidence. You know there was the survey done of accents. Yeah. You, you've heard of this? Uh, no. But oh, okay. So they just gave people this this short script of stuff to read, um, factual stuff basically, and they they did it in diff- they got people from diff- with different accents, uh. and then they played them to a set of volunteers, and they asked them how intelligent the various people were, yeah. and um, they were ranked, and Birmingham came last because it's not considered intelligent. And I've heard people on the radio, and they'll say, now we talk to Mr. So-and-so, who's like the chief advisor for, uh, for the Treasury on something or other, and he'll have a strong Birmingham accent, and I'll panic slightly and go, oh my God, <laughs> this guy doesn't know anything because he's in charge. And if that affects me, it must affect, yeah, there must be, there must be riots in the street around the rest of the country. So yeah, Wolverhampton accent, quite strong. You've seen Raised by Wolves? Yes. Isn't it fantastic? (laughs) I love it. It's interesting, the the, uh, Brummie accent uh, as a default go-to for improvisers when they are communicating... Yes. uh, Stupidity. Yes. Or uh, sort of a silly affability or... Yes. It's not all horrible. Yes. Silly affability is a very good yeah. way of describing it. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, so the bad thing is that we do it as well. Oh, see, that was going to be my next question. Yeah. So yeah. when you're in Birmingham or the Midlands, what accents do you use when you wish to communicate silly affability? Uh, uh, so we're, I'm from the south of Birmingham, and I, ha- I, I want to hurriedly assure people who, who are from Birmingham that I'm not from Solihull. <laughs> See, I don't understand why that's a thing, but I'll, oh, take I'll word tell for you it. why in a second. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, so, yeah, I think that I put on a Northern Birmingham accent, that's probably what I do. And that, that is really insulting. So, everywhere, no matter what, has places that they look down on. And they, they know they shouldn't. Yeah. But they, it's built in. Um, yeah. And, and people in Birmingham, they look down on Coventry. Right. Uh, and, and people in Coventry. Uh, I think they look down on Tamworth or Leicester. I'm not really sure, and, and I don't think there's an end to the chain. I think yeah. it's just a snake all around the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Tell me about Box of Frogs. Box What's of Frogs that? is a, a dropping group, so you have either or you're about to talk to John Trevor. He's coming up the next episode. Yeah. Um, what should I ask him? Uh, yeah. You should ask him about improv. I think that would, that would stick with your key thing, <laughs> and, and not not about Birmingham, probably, or stuff that I'm strong on. Um, he he set up uh, Box of Frogs 
And although there have been other uh, improv groups in the Midlands, Box of Frogs is like the centre of a clover leaf. Yeah. Or the uh, the Eye of a Storm, if you like. Yeah, or do. other songs by 70s rock bands. <laughs> um, I want to hear Eye of the Storm now. Yeah, I don't. I Sounds like a song. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, most improvise this isn't true but i'm going to stick with it because i believe it even if it's not factual most improvisers in the sort of the birmingham area have been at some point through box of frogs yeah. spun off form groups um apart from the universities which are slightly slightly distinct um and then when things work well from my perspective they they feed back into box of frogs uh, they come back yeah so i was talking to uh john g uh, yesterday, who I don't think you're going to talk to, so that's a confusing reference for everybody. Um, I mean, I'll talk to him in real life. Yeah, oh, okay. You don't think you should? He's a really nice guy. Um, uh, and saying I I don't feel as good about improv groups that that form out of box of frogs and never come back oh. because I feel that they're not feeding back into some sort of community. Yeah. Well, I don't feel bad, but. <laughs> But it's 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 great when there's cross pollination going on, yeah. and um, and listening to some stuff recently, I facilitate teams. Uh, my my job title is a scrum master. Oh, it's right. the worst job title <laughs> in the whole world. And um, when people ask me what I do, I say I manage a self managing team because that's what I do. Um, and on a good day. I help them manage themselves, and on a bad day like I've had this week, I completely screw them up and wreck their their productivity. That doesn't normally happen. Um, hopefully, no recruiters are listening to this. Um, and now I've lost my train of thought. You're welcome. We were talking about the uh, the, the clover leaf. Yeah. Yes, and the uh, way. So, a good good teams are really functional when they're very close knit. So, a good improv group is a team. And that's something that's not true of Box of Frogs in a sense because it's a dropping group, so it has a rolling membership and you never know who you're going to perform with. A tight-knit team, they get to know each other really well. Yeah. They become very productive. They, it's a matter of trust, uh, and this is true of all sorts of teams, um, in your teammates, and a commitment to them. Mm. Uh, but also, you learn exactly how they think and function yeah, and things. Yeah. Uh, and that matters when you're on stage, it matters yeah. in any sort of team. But also, another thing about the whole, if you're talking about multiple teams in a group, which is sort of what we're talking about with an improv scene in a city, it's also very important that um, teams communicate with each other. So you, and, and the best sort of functionality is when you get um, not just a, a, a sort of a central figure in one team uh, sharing information or talking to or inspiring a central figure in another team, but all the members of all of the teams all talking to each other in short bursts frequently. Yeah. So that's so. So I can't quote you that. That is basically sort of communication research or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so to have a central dropping group to bring it back to improv again is is really good. And part of the functionality of that is to keep everybody in the scene connected. Yeah. Uh, and the festival. Yeah. So the festival helps. But obviously, the festival helps once a year. I think Box of Frogs is a really important thing. Uh, John Trevor, to come back to John Trevor, has fundamentally, from my perspective, um, if not created, then facilitated the creation of an improv scene 
uh, in the Midlands in Birmingham. Yeah, cool. So good job. Yes. Good. I will be listening to you when you're talking. <laughs> so will I, obviously. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't need to listen, do I? Because I could just listen to it later and go, oh, I didn't really bother the first time, so I listened to it the second time. Seems a waste of time to listen to it twice, like when I'm actually there. Uh, so when you say um, you're talking about the ideal being, um, you know, all, all the improvisers talking to all the other improvisers, communicating with each other, that would be your ideal. Yeah, you could, you wouldn't you shouldn't worry about perfect things, yeah, but yeah, 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 that's a very productive state of affairs. And what what are they communicating in your ideal picture? Um, I think they I think in this in so in a work setting you've got multiple teams. The important thing is that that people are just talking to other people because those conversations seed ideas. Um, and you might be talking about something specific that's going on, but you might just be talking about different approaches to things. And I suppose in the improv thing, it's the same. There's no, there are no rules. This is not. You don't get a set of rules. You must tell X about <laughs> all good edits that you've seen. It's not like that. Um, it's just, it's just that stirring of the pot. Yeah. If you want to put it that way. Yeah. Another metaphor. You, you're stirring the eye of the whatever I said it was before. The eye of the, the tiger. I think it was in my head. The eye of the tiger. You can see what happens <laughs> when the tiger yeah. roars. Yes. Yes. And also, it's just a lovely thing to have lots of people communicating with lots of other people. That's just a lovely thing. Let's just yeah. do that because that is yeah. just makes life yes. better for everybody. So my partner Deb says um, that uh, improv is my my new religion. So I was uh, I was religious for a short burst of time when I was sort of in my late teens. Yeah, late teens is about right. And um, in retrospect. Uh, looking at it, what was going on was that I wanted some sort of larger family. So I'm an only child, yeah. and and I think a lot of the stuff that I do uh, comes out of the fact that I spent. This won't be true. This is just another memory. It won't be true <laughs> in any literal sense. But my memory of childhood is sitting on my own, looking out the window, with the clock ticking loudly, oh. waiting. Yeah, no, no, that's fine. You don't need to shed tears. Millions of people are now doing that for us, um, and uh, and consequently, I I really like um, people. I like meeting people. I like being with people. I like spending time with people. I like, but I especially like being part of some sort of community or family. So I'm very. If anyone from a cult is listening, I'm very susceptible. You could you could totally you could totally snap me up. In fact, it's rather a bad. It's a bad sign that, given that I'm so susceptible, no cult has snapped me <laughs> That's rather hurtful, <laughs> isn't it? It's, it's, oh, yeah. I would yeah, be an no. easy mark. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're not that desperate. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I, I entirely agree. And uh, the improv community has given me a community in London that I have not had before. Yeah. And also, I'm not always uh, particularly comfortable in social situations. Um, I'm fine if there's a defined role, so the fact we have a microphone here means that I'm perfectly comfortable talking to you, listening to you. That's very interesting. Or um, I really enjoy doing tech, because then I'm behind the desk and I'm turning the lights on and off and the sound up and down, that's pretty much all there is to it. Uh, But I have a defined role for that. Um, So also, going along to an improv workshop, um, I find it easy to interact with people because we have to find, we know what we're doing. And once we've done that, then I'm more able to talk to people as a human. Um, so I found that a really useful way 
into a community. Yes. There was no question there. I was just sharing. No. I, I think that and and uh, an interesting thing has happened because you can't see us. So uh, until now, I don't know about you, but for the most part, I've been looking over there at the uh, sunset. Yes. Um, and I've been talking out of my head. Um, and I was sort of in a virtual space. I was listening. It was almost like a phone call. We, we turned and we're sort of looking at each other in the face now, which, to be fair, as improvisers, we should have done from the first second, and we should, because that's, that's where everything is. Um, <laughs> yes, so the we'll scene is out there. We'll leave it the for the homework is... of the people listening to work out where there's a change now <laughs> in the personality of the conversation, because we're actually looking at each other. <laughs> yeah, so uh, religion. Yes. Tell me about religion. Well, I'm going to tell you about about what Deb thinks. Oh yeah. And, and I agree with her. This is this is correct. This is what's happening. Um, uh, as well as the fact that I like improv, also I like the fact that, for example, we're about to walk down to workshop. Yes. Um, we're going to that room. There'll be people there we've never met before. Yeah. But we are like, there's an aspect of it being like an extended family. Yes. We have. We will assume the best of them and they'll assume the best of us. Uh, we might share things with them that we wouldn't share with strangers on the street. Yes. Um, we'll ha- we, have a, we have a shared, perhaps even slightly secret language about yes. which we can deploy to talk about things. Um, we'll feel emotionally safe with yeah. them. But we've never met them before. We may even never meet them again. Um, well, that's something that happens with... Uh, if you're in a religion or anything like that, a shared ideology, that's, that's sort of what happens, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, I've heard of the improv as cult thing, and, you know, most days since I've been involved, but yeah. I've not thought about it in that sort of nuanced way. That's very interesting. So, improv as cult, that sounds a bit... I don't... So, I, mm, I don't like that, because then that's got negative connotations, hasn't it? Um, and that's probably what Deb means. Well, you're out again. Again, I see. Uh, you could be at home, but no, you're going out. It's a difficult line to tread. Yeah, it is a difficult line to tread. So, um, uh, if you were doing any sort of sport, let's say you were doing some sort of martial art, you're not going to get any good by doing it once a week. So, I, I did a keto many years ago, and um, and it became... It became Oh, I'll come to that in a minute. Philosophy, <laughs> how things become a philosophy in your life uh, if you do them enough. I did it once a week. I was never any good. I was rubbish. Um, it's, it's not enough to, to, to do... There are not enough reps frequently enough. Yeah. Um, I don't think even if you did it once a week for your whole life, you're going to really crack it. You need to do it. So if you do it two times a week, maybe you'll make some progress. You need to do it three times a week is what I feel. Um I think improv is basically the same. There's a lot of reps in it. You're trying to get something out of your head yeah. into just uh, something that happens, like driving. Um, yes. Something that happens without be, without understanding it. When you drive a car, you don't think, I'll now accelerate slightly, operate the clutch, <laughs> indicate, turn the wheel in order to go to that space. You just think, oh, I'll go over there. Yeah. And you just do it. Yeah. Yeah, we're moving from conscious competence yeah. to unconscious competence. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. So I've stacked up loads of things I was going to say, and, and people are probably taking notes now and again. When is he going to return to why yes. Solihull is? is well, I mean, I was going to swear, yeah. but yeah, Solihull wasn't really high 
on I my, don't think, on my I think they may things. be willing to drop that one. <laughs> I'm sure he said something about religion a minute ago. Well, I was going to say, you were going to mention something about philosophy. You did Aikido and it became a philosophy or something? With a very small P. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, But if you do anything, I'm sure fishing is the same, people who fish. If you do something and it becomes important to you, after a while you start to see how everything in your life is like it so or how it can be applied so i did enough aikido that despite not being good um i i i thought oh well you come up against an obstacle why are you pushing against that obstacle somebody you want to do something someone tells you you can't why are you pushing against it why don't you just go around yeah aikido is all about flowing around things it's it whether it's an effective martial or not doesn't matter for the sake of this podcast <laughs> I would be quite happy to accept that he doesn't have no, no religious connection to it anymore um, but it is about about flowing around things and not trying to punch your way through yeah. uh, and and you see that all the time but I, I, I do still after all these years and it was a long time ago still think I don't have to go through that I can just go around it yeah. improv because I am still in that cult, uh, I see constant, constant connections between it, and I have to bite my tongue and not tell people. Yeah, oh, it's a filter, isn't it? So you are, you can see the world through a aikido filter. You can see the world through an improv filter. You could probably see the world through a fishing filter. Yes, I think that's that, right. If you the fishing filter is probably one where you have to be really prepared. Yes. And then very patient. Yes. And then ultimately your reward will come. Or not, probably. I don't know. Oh, oh, yeah. And? <laughs> oh, happy with no results. Exactly, oh, yeah. Happy in the way. moment. Yeah. It's all about <gasps> it's being in the moment. It's improv as well. Oh. oh! You can't plan a fish. You can prepare. Yeah. Oh. And if the fish doesn't come, yeah. you accept that as well. Yes. <laughs> and steal someone else's and take it home. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh okay. <laughs> How do you steal somebody else's improv fish? <laughs> well, you run on stage. That scene's going well. Oh. You run on. Do you know, like, that really annoys me. I'm like, yeah. you, I mean, it's, obviously, when you're in the audience, and especially if you're an improviser, you are able to watch it with more detachment. But it's like, oh, we didn't need you. Get yes, off. Yes. Get off. There's very few times that, and there are some times when it's needed, but, oh, get off. <laughs> yes. Having, having done improv, I think you watch it in a different way. Yeah. And not least, you watch... You just watch people's levels of energy and you go, that person's nervous, that person's frightened. I think people seeing improv who aren't improvisers go, that person's incredibly brave. Because to be honest, they are being incredibly brave. They're staying there, they've no idea what's going on. They're trying to work out how to support, what would be good to throw in, what would be unproductive. But to some extent, I'm sitting there going, oh, their face looks slightly concerned. Their yeah. hands are fidgeting. Yeah. They're un- and, or they're moving from side to side. Why are they moving from side to side? Yeah. They don't even know they're moving from side to side. You'll see me, if I ever get on the stage and you get to see me this, this week, you'll see me fidget, pick. <laughs> God knows what. I'll probably be trembling or fall on the floor or something. I won't even know I'm doing it. <laughs> yes. It, it's interesting where it went. And I, some people worry that if you understand how the magic trick is done, yes. then it'll be no longer magic. But yes. that's not the case for me because last night I was watching all the groups and I was yes. watching it with my improviser's eye and I was like, oh, that's really interesting. 
um, you know, they've obviously practiced that. Yes. Um, so, for example, uh, with Notflix last night, yes. who I had not seen before, um, just watching their opening number and watching how clearly they passed the line to the next person. It's just like, I mean, they pointed. And yes. I'm like, that's so crucial. But they were so precise about it and it was so clean. Mm. And then the way in which they always had the, uh, the backing dancing and they were always, you know, mirroring each other. It was just so beautiful. And I think yeah. it would have been beautiful if I hadn't known some of the techniques behind it. But just thought, oh, you're so good at this. This is such a thing to, you know, enjoy. I, I, yes, I, I'm glad you mentioned them. Um, I made copious notes. So, there's, so it's interesting. I think the two, for me personally, and, and it, it's, it's really difficult because you don't want to say, I don't, I don't want to say anything negative about anybody's improv. And over the years, I've seen some really bad improv as well as some really good improv. But I know exactly what the people doing the bad improv are feeling like. Yeah, and I know. Yeah, yeah. And you could, be, you could be a fantastic improviser, but it doesn't mean you're not going to have a day standing on stage. Yeah terrified because things are falling apart yeah. and and as soon as that happens your brain fogs up what you what you're supposed to do so but you've stood on the stage and good on you and yeah oh yeah so yeah, yeah. so i'm not going to start i i don't like it i hear people bitch sometimes about other groups why that doesn't make you any better you, you can only be better you're exactly as good as you are yeah Putting other people down, it doesn't make you an iota no, better, but it does make you a bit of a dick. Yeah, it's, there's not there's not a division system where no. you can slag someone no. off and that'll bring them down yeah, and raise you exactly. up. And it's not, it's not a, it's not a zero-sum game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You've, you've um, read Katie Shoots. Uh, I haven't got but, it yet. I'm oh, waiting. You're waiting for it. Right? Yeah. Well, I, I would have thought any decent sort of person would have brought me a copy, but... Yeah, no. no. In retrospect, I should have come. Yeah. I should have been Katie. I was thinking of you when I said any decent person. It was you I was thinking of, but I should, we'll have, I should have just brought her book as a gift. Yes, uh, yes. I think so. That's, that sounds reasonable. It's, it's obvious now that you. Then in retrospect, um, there's a section in that where she talks about uh, quite early on in the book um, how to analyse if there's a group or a school or an act that you don't like yeah. and sort of analyse that yes. and process it, see what is good about them, what you can learn, yes. um, all that sort of thing. That's, that's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. So there are, there are people here doing stuff and I think, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm really pleased to see it. Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. I'm not, I, like, just because I don't want to do it, I don't want to do it. Next year, my taste might have changed. I might yes. want to do it. Or maybe I'll want to do it to get something from it and then not do it. Who knows? Who cares? Or, or even, Who cares? there may be a group that I don't like, but that doesn't mean to say I don't think they're good. Yes, Or quite. I don't appreciate. Yes. And I think, yeah. oh, they're very good at what they do. I don't happen to yeah. like that thing, but I'm still interested. Yeah. Uh, I can still learn from it. Yeah, quite. Um, Netflix. Last night. Yes. So I was going to say, I made... I made copious notes. I made about, I think I made about four or five pages wow. of notes. Um, and uh, 10,000 million love stories oh, yeah. uh, on Tuesday. It was absolutely brilliant. I yes. made no notes. Oh, that's interesting. So, yes, they're different reactions. So they're both very positive reactions. I had a hugely positive reaction to Netflix. Uh, and, but I saw a lot of the, I felt that I saw a lot of 
techniques that were really interesting and that I was very keen to make a note about and, and sort of celebrate that way. Yeah. Uh, I was just completely caught up in the honesty uh, and the moment of uh, 10,000 million love stories. It's interesting. Um, I don't like musicals in real life. So it might well be that I was never going to be caught up in the emotional moment of a musical. Uh, but I did. I hope they don't mind me saying that I found them the second best thing. I only found them the second best thing of the, of the festival so far because I had such an incredible reaction to to ten thousand yeah. million love stories, which was which was it, it. You couldn't. So that was an interesting example of something I think you could not script. Yes. You couldn't get that level of intimate honesty by writing all of that and rehearsing it. It had to be. Uh, extemporized that's either the right word or something to do with preparing a wall for paint one of the two Mm. Um, (laughs) and uh, and yeah so different reactions both very positive not flicks Uh, I really like I'm sure this isn't what most people will have really liked but I really really liked the coordination of the back line whoever was in it in the moment um, quite often they would they would have two people forward on stage Um, are doing something one of them probably the main character for that scene singing the other one supporting and, and prompting them and counterpointing them and the other four people would be would be doing something they they would form um, a backing chorus and yeah. sing or they would just do stuff yes I, I loved that I couldn't take my eyes off them now Brilliant. that's not what they were trying to do yeah and I'm sure that's not what a normal audience would have yeah, stared yeah, yeah, yeah. at it was the level of skill with which they did that yes. drew my attention because it was fantastic um, there were moments when the six of them on the stage uh, I, I, moments is the wrong word almost all the time the whole stage was mirrored symmetrically, left yes. and right. Yes, and I loved that. And I saw them do it, and they did it so fast. Yeah. I saw them do it on the second beat of a yeah. song, of the second note of a song. Yeah. I, they, you can't. There is. You can't do it on the first beat of a song. So you, they could not get quicker than yeah. that. Yeah. It was. It was really, really good. Yeah. And uh, there were no moments that I saw when two people were mirroring each other, uh, and the others hadn't caught on. No. Uh, completely in sync. And they weren't even the same. So you would have six people on stage, so there would be three mirrorings going on. But I didn't see them set it up. You may have, because I think you've got a lot more experience than me. You may have set, seen them set it up. I didn't. No, I just I, saw it bang like no, that they just straight away. I did not see any of that setting up at all. I, I imagine that they've practised just that. I was saying to, to John G, because he's John Well, his surname no one can quite pronounce, <laughs> Um, who's got a, a group he's setting up called Off Broad Street. Oh, yes. Broad Street is a big street in Birmingham. Lovely. Um, and they are practising uh, exactly that musical. Yeah. Well, perhaps not exactly that, but you know, yeah, that yeah, sort yeah. of thing. Musical, narrative, improv. Um, and he can correct me if I'm wrong, which I will be. Uh, <laughs> that is a skill worth practising on its own. Just spending time yeah. mirroring each other, looking at each other, what, what's the other person doing physically, emotionally. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, I mean, I, I was never a fan of musicals until I started improvising musicals, and then yeah. a light switch went yeah. off, and I thought, yeah. oh, right, now they make complete sense, and I'm a, a total yeah. convert and zealot. Um, so I found so much to enjoy and to learn from last night. There was, yeah, I should have made as many notes as you did, but I got you know, caught up in the performance. Yeah. Well, my notes, well, when I, it'll be like, have you ever woken up 
and had a fantastic idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when when I used to program, because I I don't get to program anymore, but when I used to program, it would be in my head. I would, I have weird attention. It flits all over the place, and I have a lot of trouble managing my attention. But when I used to program, I would be able to think about one very complicated thing for days. Yeah. Uh, at the exclusion of everything else, I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily be able to function at home properly or anything. I'd just be thinking about that. Um, and now I'm going to lose the thread again, just to prove <laughs> what I was saying about my attention. Oh, shit! You I were talking about the notes, it. and when you make a note and you look at it later, you wake up. Right. So, so I would wake up in the middle of the night and I think, oh, I've cracked it. This yeah, problem yeah. that I've been thinking about for ages, and I would write some notes down. No, I exactly understand what I've got to do. Yeah, and yeah. then I'd wake up in the morning and I'd read them, and they just they'd just say, well, the utter nonsense. I just I just had the feeling of cracking it. So I'll go back to my notes from Notflex and yeah. I look at them, and I'll just say. Oh, yes, they're on stage. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I found myself having to write more detailed notes when I write notes on my phone. Yeah. Because I'm like, well, I have no idea what this number is. Yeah. It was obviously important at the time. Yes. But I need yeah. more context. Exactly. Have we got time left to talk about um, uh, Box of Frogs and um, uh, Short Form? Yes. Yeah? Okay. Talk, talk about that. So, I think, for the most part, people want to talk about long form and um, and so do I really I want to do long form and I want to do stuff that's not funny which plays to my strength <laughs> um, but I've done quite a lot of shows that we we have a if I was if I had a memory I would pimp it but we have a <laughs> monthly free show we have the, the internet Blue now Orange. people can yeah, look, it look it up themselves <laughs> called totally free which is very clever it's a it's a pun on Reptiles and amphibians, yeah. yeah. Not crucially frogs, but... No, I think, yeah. Froggily do free yeah, doesn't would... make any sense. <laughs> no. Anyway, um, totally free at the Blue Orange, um, which is not totally free. It's a lie. We shake a, like a bucket of <laughs> right, people okay. afterwards. I, I find that slightly awkward. Um, and, and, and what I normally do, if I remember, is get the jug so no one else can have it yeah. and shake it at the audience while pleading them not pleading with them and it's while they're filing out they have to come past it's like mugging I plead with them not to give us money and try to come up with as many reasons as possible why we'll waste it because I feel I genuinely actually feel awkward yeah. so uh, that's like an improv thing say what you actually feel yes um, yes. yeah so short form we do the we do a short form show once a month it's just daft games we, we get to do an hour and 45 it's a two hour show with a break we yeah, maybe yeah. an hour and 40 I listen to people saying uh, on your podcast yeah, saying, yeah. Oh, it's brilliant we got a whole 20 minutes yeah. are you joking 20 <laughs> minutes how are you meant to do anything in 20 minutes yeah. that's going to be that's going to ha have that snowballing momentum and stuff so the thing that I think that I've learned oh, okay there's two things but the, the thing that I thought that I was going to say that I think that I've learned from doing that um, is that the contents of the games or what you do on stage is not terribly important let's say we do A to Z which I hate but we'll you know it doesn't matter whether I hate it yeah. or not um, it, it, if you well, well, well one point is if you flawlessly I've seen people do it flawlessly they, they would just do things A to Z oh that's really clever who cares yeah, yeah I'm yeah. not impressed by you being able to <laughs> form 20 something sentences I, I'm interested in, in whether or not uh, you move me, whether the relationships, 
whether or not I see you stumble and pick it up with good cheer, yeah, yeah. Um, whether you seem to be in pain but you're carrying on, whether you pimp your partner, whether you trip your partner up. Um, if if there's some sort of story with characters and there's some sort of relationship, I, I just don't care about any of the other stuff yeah, at all. That's yeah, great. Yeah. Um, so that's the one thing. But uh, but the show is good or not, I think, depending on what happens in the first five minutes before the show starts so we talk to the audience when they're in the bar we, we're just pleasant we're friendly we get suggestions written down for us and yeah. stuff. when they come in we say welcome we're all now and this is what we don't say this but this is what's going on we are now all one big group of mates yeah, for yeah. the next two hours and uh, we're really glad you came here you're part of us yeah. and then something happens something happens and then over the next two hours what we've all said things the audience have said things and we've said things and we bring them back and yeah. it's like when you sit in the pub with your mates yeah. you bring things back maybe from years ago but also you just riff off what each other have said yeah. and you laugh you can never repeat that to someone else and go oh John said something fantastic in the pub <laughs> it was so funny I said I've got to get in the car and he went oh don't lose your keys mate <laughs> no one's going to laugh at that because they weren't in the conversation so so I think uh, in a sense what happens on stage is much less important than that relationship that you form with the people in the room especially the audience I mean the audience yeah. in the moment to make them feel that they are all one, one big group of yeah. mates for a while and that's it and bringing them together is important so one of the things that Keith said Anybody who was hoping to get tips about Keith Johnson, uh, you're not going to. We, we, <laughs> that's not going to fit in the time now. So, uh, yeah, sorry about that. Um, one of the things he said was, get the audience. He was talking about one, one voice. And he went, you can get the audience to do one voice. Um, you do one voice as a group, and they'll do one voice back. You can do it, and you can sustain it, but you have to get them really close together. And, and that's also true. If you have if you can get people sat close together they yeah. will have a better time so so that whole thing about how you manage the audience and yeah. their emotions and their expectations and their feelings yeah that's the critical thing yeah. the rest of it is just it just flows if you've done that it yeah. seems to flow yeah yeah if you if you've done that then um you know, anything you do on stage yeah. is just giving the audience permission to laugh to let out the laughter that yeah. already exists yes yeah. that's really we we uh, so the last two shows that I've done, uh, did a show at the Blue Orange, decent sized audience, for us that means like 60 people, we would typically get 60 or 70 people I think on that free night, which, which is nice, um, and it went really well and everybody in the room applauds and everyone in the room laughs and there's a great atmosphere and you feel like you're with your mates and it's, a, and it's really good. Then the next one that I did, the last show that I did, was... Uh, an equity show of some sort uh, over near Longbridge in a social club. These people had never seen improv, they hadn't come to see the improv, it was a variety show, mostly bands, and it's a, it seats about 600 people I'd say, wow. and there's about 60 people there, and they're spread out cocktail Ooh. style, way off across oh. the room, and there's no one near us, and we sucked. Yeah. It was a car crash, from my perspective. Yeah, yeah. It may have been glorious, <laughs> but to me it seemed like we sucked and it was really dull and nobody was listening to us and they were talking to each other and they didn't really want us to be there. And 
and we sort of came on stage and there was sort of a feeling like oh that audience wasn't any good now now i strongly disagree with that that what actually happened was that was a really difficult audience to yeah. deal with and we didn't deal with them yeah. so that just means we're not good enough right we're, we're good enough to do the blue orange audience and do it well but they've come to see improv and then there's quite a lot of them and the room's quite full and they have already got the mindset of yes. i want to see improv and i'd like i'm hoping i'm hoping this is going to be really good <laughs> um and then there are degrees of difficulty that was a really hard audience so so uh yeah i think it's a good idea to do it to difficult audiences we don't perform to difficult audiences enough we should sort of try to work out what's the next step up yeah. in difficulty we should perform to them until we can win that yes. sort of audience over not performing to family and friends and people who've come to see you specifically yeah. is a really good idea yeah we don't we don't do that enough at the moment yeah the other thing that i've learned from doing um you'll have to tell you have to give me like a couple of minute warning or something because <laughs> i'm in the flow now um, <laughs> carry on carry on the other thing that i learned uh, from doing Box of Frogs and and this is so we come back to philosophy this is something that is really useful in life for me and I and I, and I see it a lot um, I was in a group called Foghorn and uh, I was only I was in it for I don't know a year or whatever um, when they were good <laughs> before no, was, they got popular yeah no that's true yeah <laughs> that's right uh, yeah yeah that says something as well um, and uh we it, it, we were charging, right? So I'd done free shows, and then I'm in this show, and we're charging people. We're, we're not charging them a lot, but we're charging them like eight quid. Well, that's suddenly you need to give eight quid of entertainment. Yeah. Right? So then I had this thing that was happening where I'd go, okay, I can't be rubbish because people have paid eight quid. I can't be rubbish. Then you have this this filter going on all the time. Uh, not consciously, but it's there. Because you're concerned about your quality being good, you start to worry about your quality, yeah. and that makes it harder to do anything because there's a delay, or you just don't do stuff because you're not confident. Well, how could you be confident? Because you don't know what you're going to do. You have no idea. Yeah. So, so you can't know if it's going to be any good. And because of that, you're not as good because you're not flowing as freely, you're not as relaxed, yeah. you're not as liberated. And because of that, you probably don't get the shit stuff, but you don't get the great stuff. Yeah. So you are at best consistently mediocre. Yes. Well, nobody wants to go and see mediocre best, stuff. Better hot or cold than lukewarm. Hot and cold. Yeah. I, I think that's right. Um, then, then after that, uh, I had a bit of a lean period, and then I started doing free shows at Box of Frogs, and no one had paid anything. I felt no obligation to the audience whatsoever. I'd love them to have a great time, but it's free. Yeah. And if they hate it, there's a bar <laughs> attached, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I felt no pressure. It got to the point where I was on stage and I felt, I, I, I was thinking I should feel like some level. I used to be a very shy person right? when I was younger. I was very shy and I was awkward and I didn't really know how to talk to people. And I certainly didn't want people to look at me. And this we're talking about probably still in my late teens I was awkward and felt like that so really I ought to be standing on the stage and I'm not before I did improv which is like seven years ago I'd never stood on a stage or performed or anything apart from work which doesn't count it's not performed um, so really I ought to feel some sort of concern with people staring at me but I felt nothing yeah. I was completely comfortable 
and then I realised that you can be too comfortable. You need uh, you need to feel yeah. a little bit of energy and excitement in a good way. But yes, the key thing was because I didn't owe people anything. I was completely relaxed, and I did whatever I wanted to do on the stage. Yeah. And also, I dick about a lot, which I hope and, and people other people may disagree. <laughs> I hope I dick about to a, a useful extent i.e. I subvert what's going on but I don't damage it right, <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah, in yeah. a way that, can, that that is playful and points out that we know that hopefully we know that this is a bit daft and we're not being pretentious but we are trying to create something at the same time we want everyone to have a good time uh, and, and, and that good things come out when it's disrupted and we're celebrating our mistakes and all that sort of stuff um, yeah, so philosophy with a very, very small P, probably in a smaller font than the rest of the word. Um, I, I, at work, you're getting paid to do something and there are deadlines and it's really important that something is good and in order to get something that's as good as possible, you have to somehow not care. Yeah. You have to go, I don't care. And that takes, that takes support, so we come back to the team thing again. This is true in improv as well. If, as say a director, you make people worry about um, whether or not something's going to be good, that would be counterproductive in, in a team at work. If you enable people to have permission to give you shit, yes. then uh, on average, you're going to get more ideas. Um, I really struggled to get to apply things up work in a practical way uh, and the one thing that I have consciously done I don't use improv at work even though my job actually people who do my job there seems to be some sort of improv thing going on there are a few people who do my, my sort of job in other companies who do consciously use improv I haven't because it feels like mixing work and home right. I don't feel that I can impose that on people at work but the one thing I have done is we'll sit down we've got a problem or we've got something we need to design I'll go Everybody's got to give me five ideas. That paralyzes everybody. But the one thing that I've done that, that seemed to work is I want five ideas. Some of them must be weak. Yeah. I want some weak ideas. And one of them must be atrociously bad, yeah, yeah. really bad. And then the weird thing is I'll get five ideas that, that I can't spot which the bad one is. <laughs> but the people have got, I think, people have got permission to hide yes. behind it. Yeah. Uh, so they, they've got ideas and also if somebody was to go which God forbid anybody would do to their teammates but if someone goes oh that's rubbish you can go yeah I know that's my rubbish idea <laughs> you, you, you're safe you cannot be criticised cool there you go <laughs> thank you you're welcome everybody if you, if you want to sponsor us for more philosophy lessons or like tips in life we can start a new part a philosophy yeah, podcast yeah we probably should have talked about improv more but yeah we talked about improv a lot I think so that's fine that's enough. That's enough. We talked about improv enough. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. How nice. <laughs> we'll walk down to our workshop now. Good. Goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> I made this. That's improv. <laughs>